Hello, friends. Welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Graham, a certified brand strategist and business coach. You might be wondering, why the second phase? The second phase may be a change in careers and learning how to navigate the world of entrepreneurship, a significant lifestyle change, going from stay-at-home parent to starting a business, a traumatic loss, a move, or an illness. It could be any number of things. No matter the definition, you are here to discover your second phase. Learn about creating a personal brand that stands out and makes an impact to grow as your authentic selves and follow your callings, values, visions, and passions, and to learn how to build a solid foundation for long-term brand and business success. Through interviews and solo episodes, we'll be diving into inspiring stories, life and business journeys of failure and success, and the strategies and tools used along the way. You ready to learn? Grab your coffee, the car keys, or the dog's leash, and let's dive in to this episode. Good morning, listeners. I hope everyone is having a fabulous day, no matter what time of day you're listening to the episode. Are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you ready to find balance between the life you have and the life you want? It's possible through self-care strategies self-care. I think there's a lot of misconception out there related to self-care. We're going to get into that today. Today's guest is a master of resilience, having lived in the trenches of mental illness, abuse, and addiction. She's a scrappy survivor dedicated to helping others. So how did she do it? Well, through a love of words and discovering the powerful strategies of changing destructive thoughts and actions, accepting vulnerability, and allowing herself to get as much help as she loved to give others. Through her journey, she discovered the lack of support for women and moms and created Sarah Palmer Speaks, where she now trains, coaches, and speaks to high-achieving moms just like you and me to help them uncover the needs, their needs specifically, and help them work with their current circumstances to meet those needs. Sarah Palmer, welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. Robin, I am absolutely delighted to be here. Cannot wait to share some great stuff with your audience. Audience, so glad that you are here with us too. Let's make this happen, right? Let's do this. Let's do this. You guys, Sarah is a ball of energy. She's so much fun. We were introduced by... I believe Ashley Owens, who is the queen of networking. If you're not already following her, I suggest that you find her on Instagram. She is a networking queen and she introduced Sarah and I months and months ago, but because we have such a huge waiting list for the podcast guests, we're just now getting to the point where we're having this conversation to share with all of you. And when I first met Sarah, I was blown away. Number one, by her energy. She made me laugh hysterically. And I have thought about her so many times since our conversation, which I think was in like January, because we were still in the midst of COVID. She was pregnant, but now has a two and a half month old baby girl. So this is, I'm just giving you like the lay of the land in terms of how long it's taken for us to have this conversation and how long I've been waiting to share her with you. So I can't even express how excited I am to have this conversation. So Sarah, without further ado, I've kind of labbed a little bit here, but can you tell the audience a little bit about you? Because your journey has been one that is maybe atypical, but I have a feeling that there are a lot more women out there that have experienced similar things to what you've experienced that pushed you into that 
state of resiliency to push through and discover how important self-care is and how important talking to yourself is to change those destructive thoughts and everything else. So I would love for you to tell your story and then we'll jump into all of the meaty questions that I have for you. (laughs) Oh my gosh, this is absolutely great. So I am Sarah Palmer. I'm known as the permission to choose speaker, trainer, and coach a lot because I work with high achieving moms, giving them that permission to choose the things that are important to them. Now, I was born in Springfield, Massachusetts in 1979. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to go that far back. I'm just sometimes when we get the tell me about yourself, we can get a little too detailed, right? So I'm 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 rolling <laughs> that one back. So Basically, I grew up in a household that was full of the best love that my parents could give. It was also filled with addiction and mental illness and some serious abuse and neglect. And through that, I ended up recognizing that my gifts at the time were the ability to appear confident at all times. Uh, That was a survival skill and the ability to read a room and recognize what people needed right away. And those didn't come from a place of strength. Those came from a place of survival. I needed to be able to walk into a room and get the sense of, for instance, how my mother was handling life that day and what I needed to do to be able to lay low or to placate her. And my love of words, like you had referred to in the introduction, gave me some place to escape. I started reading when I was two and a half years old. I swear to God. When you see her pedigree, her degrees, where she has studied and what she's accomplished, amazing. Keep going. Oh, thank you. I mean, I used that as an escape. And I also used that as a way to learn as much as I possibly could. Uh, When I was three and went to preschool for the first time and met my first teacher, I decided that that's what I was going to do with my life. And part of that was because already at three, I knew that I wanted to help other kids. And part of that was because at three, I already knew that I wanted to control as much as possible. And having your own classroom full of people is a really great way to run your own little fiefdom. So I managed to not just survive, but absolutely thrive in education. I was the first person in my family, as far back as I know, that has uh, graduated from college. And I went to NYU and graduated summa cum laude. Yay! And also... At the same time as all of these great on paper achievements, I was struggling with the beginnings of my own addiction. I suffered a sexual assault at the hands of my first long-term boyfriend. I became a fifth grade teacher. I married an alcoholic who I knew was an alcoholic from the first weekend that we met and still thought, oh, well, that's familiar and he's great. And once we fix him up, Oh my gosh. Once we fix him up, everything will be perfect. I uh, used to joke that house that doesn't look great, that has, you know, the avocado colored appliances and whatnot in it, but it's got great light in the windows. You say it's got good bones. My husband had good bones. So I was, I was all in, but he was who he was and I was who I was. And I'm not going to change somebody else who isn't ready. Mm-hmm. So we had a very rocky marriage. Uh, I endured domestic violence. We had a child together. We hit our breaking point and divorced. And at that point, I recognized that I was starting to get overwhelmed by my own addiction. And within a year or two of that, I also was fired from a job. So 
All of this sounds pretty much like a country song. Everything got taken away. Not even mentioning that I estranged myself from my mother at that point within a couple months of getting divorced and that my best friend chose my husband over me. So I had very little of my past life around me anymore. I had a two and a half year old daughter and not a whole lot else going on. And that was the first phase. You know, I love that your podcast is called the second phase podcast because that means it recognizes there was a first phase. It doesn't just say, hey, everything's great podcast. <laughs> saying you came from someplace, things happened. And I share my story as openly and honestly as I can because all of you that are listening, all of your listeners have had pieces of that story. Maybe not in that order and maybe not that easily shared, but we all have suffered some serious stuff. And when we just try to paper over it and figure I'll deal with it later, or I won't deal with it and then it'll go away, it impacts the choices that we make and the happiness we feel going forward. And I'm here to help people out with that because there wasn't just a first phase, there was a second phase. Which is remarkable. I think there are so many people who get into a rut and I am a huge reader just like you are. And that was always an escape for me too. Like I remember as a, as a child, like I would just cuddle up with a book and I could sit in a corner and read for hours. But I think when we as humans hide things or hold things in, we suppress ourselves and we really can't truly identify with our own selves because there's so much shame and fear and everything weighing us down and hiding the real person behind us, you know, the, the skin and the bones of our bodies. And it's funny how we each have a way of escaping, but what we don't always have is a way of addressing, facing, focusing on changing, and then sharing so that we can move forward. And I think when we start talking about self-care today, that that self-care is at the root of that. Like you have to focus on yourself to be able to move forward. Like you said, from phase one to phase two, where you can find joy. And, you know, we're talking about our second phase of our lives, our second phase of our business, but they kind of go hand in hand because if you're not happy in phase one, whether it's life or business, you're not going to be able to move to phase two. So absolutely. And you're not going to be able to build something successful in phase two. So whether it's a personal brand or a business or, you know, whatever, you have to have that foundation of self-discovery first. Yeah, you absolutely have it right. The folks who listen who are high achievers, and that's, if you're listening, you're a high achiever. That doesn't mean you're C-suite. It doesn't mean you're wearing the 1980s blazer with the gigantic shoulder pads. It means that you get stuff done. High achieving means you get stuff done. You've looked around and people their whole life have said, well, you can't do this. And you said, go ahead and watch me. And you had a list of things that you wanted to get checked off. And you did. Almost all of them, if not all of them, are checked off. And now you're where you are and you're looking around going, this is not where I wanted to be. How did I end up here? I did all the things I was supposed to do and I'm not fulfilled. I'm not, I'm overwhelmed. I'm under-resourced help. And that's where we come in. That's where, you know, the podcast comes in. That's where the coaching and the training that I do with moms comes in. So that leads me to really my first question that I had written down for you. And that is, you know, identifying the overwhelm and the lack of needs being met. 
I think we coast through life and we just do whatever's on our list. We check the boxes and we go through every day and we don't stop and reflect on, are my needs being met? Am I feeling okay? Do I feel like this day was a good day or do I feel like tomorrow could be a better day? Like we don't face those thoughts. At least I know I'm guilty that I don't always do that. I think I'm getting better with age. (laughs) Um, As old as I am, you'd think I'd have it perfected by now. So tell us, Sarah, like how can we identify that overwhelm before we get to that place where we're desperately looking for help so that we can, you know, not have to experience a lack of need, but recognize it up front and move forward from there. I think there's a lot of people that just went, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, tell, please tell. The best thing that I can start with is saying that from the lowest point, from that point where I had a toddler and no job and no relationship and a burgeoning addiction, I ended up finding first the rooms of Al-Anon, which are, it's a support program for the family and friends of people with drinking problems. Nobody even has to say alcoholic. If somebody's drinking bothers you, that is a problem drinker. And you are absolutely encouraged to try out Al-Anon because it's not a group of people sitting around complaining. It's a group of people sharing what's worked for them and working together on some steps that seem to work pretty well when you work them, as they say. Mm -hmm. And it was first in Al-Anon that I went before the divorce and then learned these amazing strategies that I was able to put in place. And then I recognized after some of the more negative relationships in my life had fallen away that I was still making terrible decisions, still doing really horrible things. And I couldn't even blame it on, well, you know, he treats me like this, or my mom said that to me. It was just me at that point. So I ended up finding my own recovery program, my own ability to face the needs that I had back to what you were saying. It's terrifying to feel like you have a space that can never be filled and that you're just going to need to feel empty and that the things you try to fill that space with are making it worse, not better. And that can even translate away from an addiction to the woman in business who's working on something and is saying, well, I don't have uh, the following I want on social media, so I'm just going to post more. I'm going to go harder at that. Or the person who says, you know, I want to feel healthier, so I'm going to eat only these very specific foods because that will make me healthier. And you can hear by the tone of my voice, more and harder is usually not better. But that's not what we've been told. Mm -hmm. We've been told if you want it, you got to go for it. You got to grind, sleep when you're dead. The person with the most something, you know, wins. And for some people, that may work. But for a lot, of high achieving women, including the ones that I work with, it doesn't work. So probably the best small bit of information that I can give the beginning of this part of the conversation is recognizing that self-care is for you first, not so that you can do something else. Self-care is not so that you can be a better mother. Self-care is not so that you can be a better business worker. It's not so that you can, you know, uh, even volunteer more out in the world. Self-care is exactly what it says. Care for yourself. Now, when people's cups are filled, I love that analogy that you used. When people's cups are filled, then they often want to be a better mother, be a better partner, be a better daughter, be a better worker, be a better 
entrepreneur because they're coming from a place of enough. They're coming from a place of, I don't mean, oh, that's enough. I mean, enough. Their cup is full, if not overflowing. Sure, you can have some for my cup. It's full. I got plenty. Self-care has to be for us first. Because if we're just doing it to wrap duct tape around enough of us to keep us useful for somebody else, we're not a car. We're a person who deserves that time and energy for ourselves first. That's the beginning of self-care for real. I love that. So how does one recognize that? I'm not sure how, what order we should talk about this, because really, I think it's more complicated than we think it is. One, I think we don't realize what true self-care is. And I know you're going to help us with that. But how do we recognize that we need it, that we're not doing it right? So maybe we talk about what it is first, because then when we know exactly what it is, we'll be able to understand how to recognize that we're not doing it (laughs) right. You're you're so good. You are so good. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) What I found is that at least in America, and I'm only speaking for the culture that I live in, in America, self-care has been sold as uh, $150 yoga pants and juice cleanses and spa weekends and retreats that are away from everything. And those aren't terrible. Nothing wrong with any of that. However, that's not self-care. That's buying things and being places that aren't where you are. In the recovery community, that's called a geographic solution, meaning if I move to a new city, everything will be fine. But you forget that you packed yourself. You're going to be there the whole time too. So it's it's not going to work the way you wanted it to. Going to a retreat is amazing. It is. But unless you are living at that retreat for the rest of your life, you have to come back exactly where you were and what's going to change if nothing changes. So what I've recognized through that 12-step recovery, that's, that is the foundation of my coaching and teaching. Even if you have no addictions or difficulties, my first sponsor used to say to me, Sarah, how's your HALT? And I said, what the heck is HALT? And she said, it's an acronym. It stands for Hungry, Angry, Lonely, Tired. How are those things? Because if you are hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, you are not going to have a good day. Just the end. Any decisions you face are going to be snappy and short. You're going to spend more time undoing the things that you messed up with simple, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, halt. And I lived by that and recognized, oh my gosh, just those four things made such a huge difference. And as I worked on those and developed that resilience and practiced just meeting those needs on a daily basis, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, not even all of them all the time. Sometimes I could swing two and that was the max I could do, but that was better than none. I recognized it was missing two letters. So I added those. It's a little T and a little M. It looks like trademark, but it's not. So it's halt TM. So hungry, angry, lonely, tired. The little T is thirsty and the little M is mindset. And mindset really encompasses for me and the folks that I work with, it encompasses meditation, medication, and mental health. Because one of the things that I talk about with my moms, one of the reasons a lot of people like to to work with me is I'm a pretty straight shooter. I'm pretty straightforward. I talk about the fact that self-care is not white women yoga solutions. And I am white, I am a woman, and I love yoga. So there is no hate in any of those sections. But what I'm saying is 
there are a lot of us out there. There are tons of women, millions and millions and millions of women who are moms and also women. And we don't all work with the same set of solutions. And we get sold the same set of solutions over and over again. If you arm enough, apparently everything else is going to work out. Like I said, I love yoga. I love yoga. That's not really the self-care by itself that's going to fix things. The white woman yoga solution says, oh, go get a mani-pedi, you know, like once or twice a month, once a week if you can. Okay, first of all, in COVID, that wasn't happening, period. And second of all, I will tell you what, I have never once gotten a set of gel tips, come home, had my older daughter act like a fool and go, hold on a second and just like look at my nails for like 10 seconds. And then be like, never mind, we're okay, you're fine. We're good, I'm calm now. Gel tips are not self-care. They make us feel better and they make us like physically feel better, but they're not actually hitting that halt TM. They're not really meeting our needs. I love that because you're right. Going to the spot, it may relax you for a little while, but if it's chaos, when you get home, you still have to be able to manage that. And you can't think back, oh, I was so relaxed 10 minutes ago, because that's not going to make you relaxed right now. <laughs> exactly. So what are true self-care activities or things we can do? Such a great question. And the second part of that is the no white women yoga solutions is that the solutions that I offer are as broadly accessible and applicable as possible. Lots of good A words, broadly accessible and applicable. They're universal. I really work with lots of moms and I consult with lots of moms about making sure that the things that I offer to the women that I coach and the programs that I offer are honestly as universally useful as possible. Here's a case of what isn't a helpful tip. And you're going to go, but wait, when you're stressed, take a walk around the block. Now you'd think, no, that's a great one, right? Well, that's a great one if you have a neighborhood that's A, safe for walking in. B, you can yourself walk. C, there's somebody else at home to keep the chaos in check while you're gone. I mean, how many parents do we know? And you might be one of them listening that if you went for a walk by yourself around the block, your house would be burned down when you came back. Like things are happening. You can't just, oh, and okay, well, fine. I'll bring the kids with me. Good luck with that. It's been 20 minutes now. And now one of the children is somehow naked. I don't even know how that happened. You're just trying to walk around the block, like help. So when I share strategies, when I share tips, they are as often as universally applicable as we can make them so that no matter what situation you are in, you can find some relief. Here's an example. So H, hungry. Though one of the strategies I teach my moms is to always have some type of protein as close as possible as you can. A pocket would be great, but somewhere in the apartment or the house, especially in COVID, that's where we were a lot of the time. Have protein handy. And that could be nut butters. That can be a protein bar. That can be like a beef jerky. That It depends on if you're a vegetarian or, or whether you're you know, an omnivore. I'm a solid omnivore. Making sure that you work that into the snacks that you have and the meals that you serve you and your kids, because that shouldn't necessarily be five to seven different meals at a given time. Having protein sounds like such a duh type of, but that matters. That keeps your body energy filled and really making the, the best it can out of the food that it's getting. Trail mix is great. 
even sun butter for folks that have nut allergies. So having some type of protein nearby and remembering to eat that might be, and I'm a very big fan of setting alarms on your phone or notifications. Almost everybody has a phone. My dad even has a flip phone. So you can schedule things on there. I think you have to press the seven key a whole bunch of times for an S, but still you can schedule things on there. But having those alarms go off helps you remember, I'm an incredibly intelligent person and I forget everything all the time. So I'm smart enough to help future Sarah by setting a reminder that three hours from now I need to eat. Because if I don't set that reminder, I might not remember to eat. And nobody survives well if they're hangry. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no, no. So let's do one for A, A for angry. So maybe we have the protein down, but okay, how do we handle anger? Number one for women and moms, recognize that you are allowed to be angry. Recognize that it is okay to be really upset about something. We as women in America are not allowed to be angry. It's been since we were little. We're supposed to be nice. Could you imagine how calming it would have been as a kid that if you were angry at your friend, you just punched them and they punched you and then you went and played basketball? Like, How nice would that have been as opposed to the silent treatment and the, okay, well now among our friends, who's friends with her and who's friends with you and all of the really gross feelings that isn't because women are catty quote unquote, or girls are catty. We were trained to do that. It's not our fault, but we recognize that if we recognize it, we can go, you know what? I am really, really, really mad right now. You feel free to fill in whatever word fits better than really, really, really mad right now. Just recognizing that you are allowed to be angry in that situation is really empowering. And back to my scheduling thing, you can throw something on your calendar that, you know what, I do not have space in my schedule. I have back-to-back meetings and I'm helping the kids with something. I'm setting something for 930 tonight and I'm just going to sit and be really, really upset about that and then figure out what I want to do about it. Don't push it down. Recognize it. I love that. And, you know, I mentioned to you that I'm writing a book and it's on anxiety and anxiety triggers anger. And it's something that we all, it's an emotion and it's okay. It's not a bad thing. It's just another emotion that we experience. So I'm glad that you addressed that because I think sometimes we think, well, to be a good mom, we can't ever get angry at our children. And our children are going to do things that are going to trigger anger. It's an emotion. It's a response that we're naturally going to have. Yes. Like, okay. So first of all, your book on anxiety, I need like 95 copies of just for me, just to like store in all of the places. Cause yeah, I, I also have not surprisingly some anxiety in there in life, but like you said, just being able to recognize it and giving yourself permission to be angry. Even if you say, okay, I'm not going to yell. I'm choosing not to yell about this, but I am angry about this. And it is okay for me. It makes sense for me to be angry about this is something that we weren't allowed to do. We weren't given permission to do as girls. And it's something that we can recognize and talk out loud to our kids by saying, you know, I'm really angry right now. And I'm using a calm voice because I don't need to yell, but I can tell you that I am really unhappy because this makes me feel like you're not listening. It's different than saying you make me mad. That's not cool because they're not in charge of my feelings. I am, Mm -hmm. but I can tell them I feel angry right now because of all the stuff that's going on. 
or I feel angry when I feel like people aren't listening to me until I yell. So really, it's not like you can say, I mean, you could say, okay, self-care is sitting with a cup of tea, but it's much deeper than that. It's really owning our emotional state and facing it and addressing it and not just hushing ourselves or silencing ourselves or keeping things down inside of ourselves. It's allowing ourselves to be in the moment and experience the emotions that are coming our way. You have it hundred percent. Yes. I think one of the most important things that we can recognize is that if we could have found ways to fix our anxiety, our anger, our uh, thirst. And for younger moms, there's a variety of different meanings for thirst. In this case, I am literally meaning the drinking of liquid. Thirst can be trying to be attractive to somebody else. There's a different angle for that. So sometimes on Instagram, I get some haha emojis when I post about things on thirst. I know what you're saying, y'all, but talking about drinking water. So if you could have fixed these, you would have already, you're smart and capable. You are a high achieving mom or a high achieving entrepreneur, a high achieving woman. This isn't because of something like you mentioned earlier that you lack. This isn't a a failing on your part. Oh, I should be able to do this. You know what? If you could have some solid self-care in your life already, you would have. And my job is to help you connect the things you already do and that are already super simple to the things that you haven't been able to put in place yet and to make them work for you, to find what's that sharp edge that's making it too hard and to let's sand that down. Let's make that look a lot prettier so that it's so much easier. So your lack of self-care isn't because you're a bad person or that you are not working hard enough. Like I said, grinding yourself just grinds yourself. It doesn't get you where you want to be. Recognizing this, we don't do it alone. So finding safe people to get those strategies and solutions from, that's where you can actually make some big lifetime progress in tiny post-it note sized steps. I love that. You know, I think it's this week we, I released episode 123 with Stephanie Ritz. And that's one of the things that she said from a business perspective. So we're not meant to do this alone. So that goes with everything in life. So if you could find a trusted person, or if you can afford someone like Sarah in your life, then I strongly encourage it. I have a coach and I can't imagine not having her to just bounce things off of, you know, therapy is another option. But if someone is listening right now and they are feeling like, oh my gosh, she has described me to a T, I am overwhelmed and I didn't even realize I was overwhelmed because I have experienced all these emotions or I've experienced these feelings and I haven't handled them as well as I should have. What happens when we don't handle things the way we think we should? We have guilt, we have shame, you know, those are just compounding all of the emotions. So if anybody is experiencing any of those, what is the one thing that they could do today to make a shift, to start the process, start the journey into self-care, which I think basically from what you've said could be defined as just that self-recognition and then taking the steps to balance the emotions 
and not just suppress them. You have it on target. Like, I'm just going to be you now because you you totally nailed that. Yes. I would say that the smallest thing that you can do is huge. It's to recognize what you're already doing that makes you a badass. Because we tend to ignore the things that come easy because they come easy. Again, we're being raised in a grind culture. If you work 40 hours, why aren't you working 50? If you work 50 hours, why aren't you working 70? If you have, you know, your kid in two activities, why aren't they in three activities? So by pausing and saying, you know what, instead of this isn't enough, it's never enough. I always need more. What are you really good at on that halt TM? Hungry, angry, lonely, tired, thirsty, and mindset. What are the things you're already really doing well? Because you might think that doesn't even count. Everybody can do that. You know what? They can't. The thing that is super easy for you is one of your self-care gifts. And by recognizing what you're already doing well, you have a little bit of momentum to move into something that's less comfortable. Instead of going, I suck at all of this. This is terrible. I'm horrible. I have no place where I feel like I'm doing great. This is a mess. Everything's on fire. And, you know, a lot of us were feeling like that in 2019, never mind the dumpster fire that has been 2020 and part of 2021, recognizing what we're already good at. The thing that you do effortlessly is something that I couldn't do if you paid me $1,000 an hour. So recognizing what are you already doing well with that halt TM? Pick one of them. What's one of them that you're pretty good at? You're like, oh yeah, I'm pretty good at making sure I get enough water. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty good at making sure that I reach out to people so I don't feel lonely and I recognize my worth in there and starting from there to keep going. Then you have some momentum. Oh, I love it. You've totally debunked the myth of self-care. I mean, I guess it, maybe self-care wasn't even a myth, but what was a myth was what it was. Like there's such a misconception. You debunked the misconception of self-care. I guess we could say that, right? <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I, yes. It's great that people I can talk to and share that with. Yeah. I love this. I think it's so helpful. So I would love for you to tell the listeners you have a couple of offers and I would love for anyone who has not identified with this before, but all of a sudden this is ringing a bell or who have already felt completely overwhelmed and couldn't figure out why, like what, what it's not that they're doing something wrong, but it's something that they could be doing for themselves. So help them out. How can they find these goodies that you have to offer? Fantastic. I love it. So Because I said, you want to start with where you're solid, not where you're already missing some things. I'm going to offer to your listeners a a very specific quiz. Now, if you remember, uh, if you are a person of a certain age, you might remember the quizzes from Jane or Sassy or YM. Oh, yes. Uh, The old school 1990s teen magazine quizzes that were kind of really fun to try out. I made us one and it's called the Slay or Sabotage Quiz. So it's what are you slaying for your self-care, meaning what are you doing really well and what are you sabotaging? What are you getting in your own way about? And uh, do you want me to share the link here? Are we going to drop it in the show notes? Share it, but I'll also include it in the show notes. You're awesome. Okay. So it's go.sarahpalmerspeaks.com 
There's no H in Sarah because my mother had to be a difficult 1970s mom. So go.sarahpalmerspeaks.com slash second phase quiz, all one word. And that'll bring you right there. You take it. It's funny. The graphics make me laugh every single time. And it'll tell you what are your top two areas. And then if you're saying, you know what? Okay, great on the top two. I want more. You can click right through and it'll take you to the page for my six day slaycation, which is a standalone six days of videos and a playlist with 33 hours of songs that are kind of badass, uplifting, encouraging songs. I mean, we got everybody from, let's see, Dolly Parton to Lizzo to, you know, Aretha Franklin. We got everybody to Shania Twain to Britney cover it. We got it. It's the best playlist I've ever put together. And a bunch of resources that give people uh, not just my solutions, but also a live, always being updated list from other moms that have taken the six-day slaycation and have things to share. So you're going to go into what we call the halt vault, and you'll be able to see lists of it's well over a hundred solutions for hungry, angry, lonely, tired, thirsty, meditation, medication. And you can pop yours in there too, to make sure that other moms can get that self-care, the real self-care, that foundation self-care that we deserve. I love that. Is there a special link for that or they should just go to the quiz first? Oh, definitely do the quiz. Cause you want to find out what you're already solid in. I will say though, that the direct link, if you're feeling like, okay, today's a busy day and I feel you, I feel you. It's sixdayslaycation.com. And you know what? I'm going to throw in a a second code. If any of the listeners want to participate in the six day slaycation program, I'm going to be uh, opening up the sales for that in pretty soon, if not already. So if you listen to this in the future, pop over to six day slaycation. You can use the code second phase altogether and that'll give you 10% off. Oh, awesome. Thank you. That's so generous. I got you. I got you. Awesome. 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 Okay. So we're almost out of time, but I know you had a question for me regarding branding and it's not very often that we fit these in at the end, but this was a good question. So I'm going to let you ask your question. Yes. Okay. So here's my question. How do I market to both moms and companies on social media platforms, specifically like Instagram? So I offer coaching for moms, but I also offer corporate trainings for businesses. And it doesn't make sense to me to have two different profiles. No, nobody's got time for two profiles unless the businesses are totally separate. Then it would maybe make more sense. But so here's what I say. You are the brand. You, Sarah Palmer, you are your brand. And what you want to do is control what everybody else out there thinks, says, and feels about you through your brand. So on Instagram, you have buckets of content that you can use to create for all of your posts. So I would say... On maybe Monday, it's focusing only on moms. And I don't know how many times a week you post, but if you post even three times a week, one could be moms, one could be companies, and then the other one could be just general inspiration, quotes, things like that, that you say, funny things that you say, the example of your dad and his flip phone. I mean, that was hilarious. I was totally cracking up. So, you know, little things like that you could do on the other day, if you post five days a week, then break it up. And, you know, every other day, it's a mom, it's corporate, but 
you're still speaking to moms, even when you're speaking to corporate. So I would make sure that that content, it mentions moms, you know? So if you're creating content for corporations to know that you're a speaker for the moms that they have in their offices, then, you know, allow a tip in there once in a while, you know, allow yourself to, to be a little bit playful, a little bit funny in terms of the tips that you're offering for those corporations and how they can actually help their moms. But the mom that's reading that is going to get it too. And, you know, you work with high achieving moms, so it's fine. A lot of those high achieving moms are in corporate. They're not, not all entrepreneurs. So it's okay. As long as you're putting something in there that is going to resonate with, you know, so that they understand that you're speaking to moms when you come in, that's who you're going to help. But you're also targeting them that, hey, are you a business owner? Do you have a team of 100 women who are moms? You know, you can address things like that. But those quotes, the things that you're saying are still going to resonate with the moms and vice versa. If it's a CEO of a Fortune 500 company and they happen upon your profile and you're speaking to the high achieving mom, it's going to click with them oh, she's talking to high achieving moms. I happen to have a thousand of those on my team. That's going to resonate with them. So it goes both ways. It's totally fine to have one Instagram profile and to have multiple audiences in that profile. That's brilliant. The idea of the content buckets. I hadn't even considered that. Thank you so much. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Yay. Awesome. Happy to help. So listeners, if you are still here, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this entire episode. I know it was a long one, but I fully believe that self-care is something that we all need to be doing and not just going to the spa for a day or going to a retreat because maybe if we're doing those things, we're just trying to escape and we haven't focused on what's really eating at us. So it's time to dig into those emotions and really figure out what it is that's causing us to feel so overwhelmed and start filling our cups first. So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Sarah, thank you for sharing your wisdom, your brilliance, your smiles. (laughs) So everybody have a great rest of your day. And if you know someone who is a high achieving mom and is potentially struggling, send her to this episode. It will be here and I'm sure it will help. And that's a wrap friends. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review. That would mean the world to me. If you know someone who could use the information shared today, please share the episode with them too. And let's connect. You can find me on Instagram, Clubhouse, Facebook, and LinkedIn as The Robin Graham. Lastly, if you'd like more information on personal branding and brand marketing strategies, be sure to join my email list and the Female Entrepreneur Insider Facebook group. We are there every week with tips and trainings to help you build a solid foundation for brand and business success. And don't forget, on the website, you can find a plethora of free resources. Go to therobingraham.com forward slash resources and download any of the free resources that I have created to help you build a personal brand that stands out and makes an impact. Until next time, remember to smile.